Welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church, Accra. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 25, God says, I'll refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Does God care about you? Do you need divine wisdom for living? Tune in to the refreshing words of Calvary Baptist Church as Reverend Dr. Fred Digby, the senior pastor, and other ministers share the word of God with you. This on every Saturday from 8 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And now, the message. Welcome to this hour when we study the word of God. Coming to you from the pulpit ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, member church of the Ghana Baptist Convention. This is Pastor Fred Digby. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are before you again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for its clarity. Thank you for its intention to teach us, to correct us, to equip us in every way so that we'll be diligent in doing what you have called us to do. As we read and share your word, do in us what you want your word to do. Bring in teaching, direction, correction, healing, and above all, make us fit for purpose. This I pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been studying the book of Luke, and today we come to Luke chapter 9. We'll be reading a few verses from here, Luke 9, 1 to 9. And I read from the International Standard Version. Jesus sends out the twelve. Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, don't take anything along on your trip. No walking stick, traveling bag, money, bread, or even extra shirt. When you visit a home and stay there and go out from there, if people do not welcome you when you leave that city, shake its dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they left and went from village to village, spreading the good news and healing diseases everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about everything that was happening. He was puzzled because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by others that Elijah had appeared, and by still others that one of the ancient prophets had come back to life. Herod said, I beheaded John, but who is this man? I am hearing so much about so Herod kept trying to see Jesus. And the Lord bless the reading and the sharing of his word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. In this account that we just read, we see the first time Jesus sent his disciples out alone. He had been walking with them, mentoring them, leading them, coaching them. But this time he sent them out alone. Therefore, it is a very significant event. The instructions he gave to the early disciples, we need to understand them and need to find the principles that are in it 
that we can apply to every generation of believers. Because there's only one sure way we can reach the world if we are grounded in the Lord and in the ministry he called that we should perform. You see, here we see Jesus calling the disciples. And we learn a number of things here. He called the disciples to himself. He called them together and said, you are my disciples, come together. The disciples had families and responsibilities. But he is saying, I'm not saying forget them, but I'm saying focus on the priority. You are the people I've called. I've spent time together with you. And now I've called you and I'm sending you for a very important mission. You are to go out. Go out and do what I have called you to do. The basic ingredient for ministry is being with Jesus, being of the same mind with them. And why did he call them? Why did he call the 12? His purpose was clear. The purpose was to come together to minister, to complete the Galilean ministry. Jesus had already done a lot of things and he was about to set off to go to Jerusalem. But it was important for him to send a team to Galilee, to what was remaining of Galilee. His ministry had been successful. Multitudes knew about him. He had helped many come to faith. He had fed them. He had healed their diseases. So it was everywhere. But he was sending his disciples at this time to give them the clear message of salvation. To heal and to cure all diseases. He said the power over devils, power over all things. He was giving them the power to go, delegating power for them to go and do whatever he had asked them to do. Let's check verse 1 again. Jesus called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. What equipment did Jesus give to these disciples? The equipment he gave them was power and authority. He equipped his disciples with power. And what does it mean? Power is the gift, the necessary resource to minister. And authority is the right to minister. So let's distinguish this. Power is the gift. Power is the resource we need to minister. And authority is the right to minister. Or we may look at it again as somebody has said it. Power is the ability to accomplish a task. If you have a task, you have the power to accomplish it. So if you are playing a football, if you are a mason, if you are a plumber, if you are a speaker, if you are a preacher, power is the ability to accomplish the task. But authority is the right to do it. And Jesus gave them both to his apostles. They were able to cast out demons and to heal the sick. But the most important ministry he gave them was that the preaching of the gospel was to go to everyone and everyone should hear. The apostles' ability to heal was a special gift that was to authenticate their ministry. Miracles were to be the evidence that the Lord had sent them out and was working with them and working through them. He has sent them. Those were territories that 
He had entered. Those were territories that needed to be captured and conquered for the Lord. The people were to be made aware that the kingdom of God had come. They needed to repent and come to knowledge of Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Many, many times when Jesus, people came to Jesus, they came for the food. They came for all kinds of things. But now he was sending his disciples to go and preach the word to them and heal them. And they had a very simple message. The Lord has come. The Lord has sent us. They were to go. And Jesus was clear how they should go with no distraction. He told the apostles what to take on their journey. He emphasized here urgency and simplicity. They were not to take a begging bag, that is to go along begging for money. Sometimes we see it today, what we do in ministry, it's all about begging. Give me money to do this, give me money to do that, give me money to do that. Jesus, in this initial stage, didn't want any of these disciples to be bogged down with all these necessities. He had a way of providing for them. He knew God was going to provide for them. So what did he say? They were to go and trust that God will open homes, God will open the hearts for hospitality. And they were to send to these select homes. If they were refused, they should shake off the dust from their feet. A familiar act that was performed by Orthodox Jews whenever they left the Gentile territory. Now look, we've come here, we've said what God wants us to say. If you hear, fine. If you do not listen and change, that is it. They're gone. So Jesus sent them and the instructions were clear about what they were to do. And they went out to go and do that. So we see their call was to come together for ministry. Their equipment was the power and authority that the Lord has given to them. And we should ask ourselves today whether we have that power, whether we have the authority, and whether it is the Lord who has given it to us, whether we are claiming it, appropriating it, or looking for other things that we call equipment. People risk millions and millions of money for what they call equipment. And the only thing they are not talking about is the power and authority that comes from Jesus. Clear instructions. He gave them power and authority. And what was their mission? Their mission was also clear. To teach and to minister. To teach, to preach, and to minister. Preaching is proclaiming. And what was their message? God wants everyone to come. The light has come. Salvation is near. Jesus is here to preach. And now that Jesus is gone, we even have a stronger message to preach. The birth, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the fact that he's coming again soon. And to minister. What does it mean to minister? It means to try to meet the needs of people. Whatever these needs are, to open the eyes of the blind, to just believe that God can touch them, to educate them, to teach them about love and mercy, to fight for the poor, the widows, and the orphans, to do whatever Jesus would have done in this world. As the old song says, everywhere he went, he was doing good. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Everywhere he went, our Lord was doing good. So he was sending them out to preach and to minister in his name. 
And all of these things were to draw the attention of the listeners that Jesus has come. Their mission, they were not to miss it, they were not to confuse it with anything. But let's see. Let's see again their method. We see the method that he gave them. The method we see again is from verses 3 to 5. I mentioned it briefly already. But let's emphasize these three key things. They were not to seek success through personal appearance and materialism. No. Don't go about. Don't take anything along on your trip. No walking stick. No traveling bag. No bread. No money. Or even an extra shirt. No materialism. Don't focus on your appearance. Just focus on the power and authority. He's not saying they should dress shabbily. But don't let that distract you. No, focus on the main thing. Then what is the second method? To minister in homes. Minister to people who are interested in you one-to-one. -one. When you visit a home and stay there, minister to them. Talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. Let there be a testimony. Incidentally, even politicians have learned that one-on-one -on -one is very important. We've been told that when the corona came, People did not campaign, but what did they do? They went from place to place, one-on-one. -on -one. What did they do in social media? One-on-one. -on -one. The old method still works. Those thousands and millions of people coming to crusade, yes, they can also work. But taking a personal interest in somebody, that person knowing you, who can identify you with you and call you Ikea or Komla or Paul or Ajwa or Araba, or Mansa, these are important connecting points. People are interested in, the, in you, or you are interested in them. You see their needs, you pray about their needs, and you minister to their needs, and you are, they are drawn to Jesus Christ. Then, they are to warn those who reject. Their method includes warning people who reject it. If people don't welcome you, warn them. Dust off your feet as a testimony against them. He's not saying you should curse them. That, what was clear was that you are warning them that, look, I have told you. I mean, this was to show to the, to the people that they cared about them. They, they believe in the message they are sharing. You see, let's take an example. They don't do it very much in this part of our country, but in countries that are more advanced than us, sometimes when rainstorm is coming or thunderstorm or some disaster there's an alarm that is blown and people are told exactly what to do run away hide in your bunkers do this don't do that go here don't go here and they are warning you because the disaster that will happen may destroy you there are people who listen sometimes and they don't heed anything until the disaster comes but when it happens they can clearly see we were warned. Or they, 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 they call the civic authorities and say, did you warn them? Say, we warned them. We warned them. In fact, in some of these advanced countries, they can even intercept all communication channels, radio, TV, your phone, and you hear warning, 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 ping, siren, blowing. Jesus was telling them, warn all these rejectors that I'm coming. Sometimes we go as people who are not convinced that Jesus is the way, Jesus is the Lord, 
And so when people start making fun of you, you just recall in your shell. We are not to be arrogant with them, but let your demeanor, let your prayer for them, even thereafter, show that you believe in your message, that there's a pit that they will fall into, that there's a destruction that will come into their lives. And so you are not sharing this word with them for fun, but there are consequences. So Jesus warned them, don't seek your personal success, seek the repentance of those you are preaching to and make sure that when they hear you, when people hear you, you preach the word to them that they will come and know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now we see the obedience of these disciples. So they left and went from village to village, spreading the good news and healing diseases everywhere. Disciples are those who obey their master. Disciples are not those who hear and don't do anything about it. These days, we call ourselves Christians, believers. But many of us hear what the Lord has said, the commission he's given us, the power and authority that is at our disposal. But are we doing what he has called us to do? Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So let me read verse 6 again. So they left and went from village to village, spreading the good news and healing diseases everywhere. They went. These were obedient servants. Now, the remarkable thing we should note is that they used to go with Jesus. This time they are going by themselves. And he charged them, go. And they went from village to village. These were days before cars. These were days, these were people who could not afford the luxury of a vehicle or a donkey or a cart. They went from place to place walking, preaching, spreading the good news everywhere. And they believed in their master and what he had told them to do. And they were healing everywhere. And signs and wonders were following them. But Jesus was with them. And they could testify, they could testify that the power and authority was there because people were believing what they were saying. Obedience shows that we are listening, we have listened to the master, we are doing what he has called us to do. And the fruits will be clear. The teaching, the preaching, the healing of diseases everywhere, not by their own might, but by the power of the Lord. Is that what we are doing? Now, the obedience that led to the preaching and the ministering also had another effect. And that effect was so powerful. It touched somebody who was a very notorious person. It touched Herod. Now, when Herod, the tetrarch, heard about everything that was happening, he was puzzled. Yeah, here's Herod. He was puzzled. Puzzled because now people were going publicly testifying about Jesus. Now the crowds had been stirred up. They were coming to salvation. John the Baptist had preached and the, the lead people, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had come. But now the gospel seemed to be everywhere. Even villagers were coming and they were coming to the Lord as their personal savior. But let's see what the impact was. Herod was disturbed by the message. He was puzzled because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead. Here he is. He thought he could kill the truth 
They thought they could just snuff his life off. But you see, nobody can stop God from doing what God wants to do. So the message went everywhere. And because he knew what he had done, he was just wondering. He said, what is it that is happening? He was puzzled because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead. Others said that Elijah had appeared. And by still others, that one of the ancient prophets had come back to life. You see, because these people, the way Jesus preached and ministered, and now his disciples were doing all of these things. Herod, the ruler, can only take notice and be wondering, what is it? Who is this? What is wrong? Are we, as children of God, who have received the Lord's commission, are we preaching and having an impact from village to village or to the point where even the exploits for Christ are being manifested in the political offices, in the economic offices, in the judiciary, in the legislature, in the security forces. They've all taken note that there's a power, there's a dynamite that has been released and people are coming to the Lord in their thousands. Then we find verse 9. Herod said, I beheaded John, but who is this man? I'm hearing so much about. So Herod kept trying to see him. He now kept trying to see Jesus. Oh, because his disciples were only preaching the truth. He was wondering, who is this? Who is this? I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him. Was he truly interested in what Jesus' disciples were saying? Well, the message and ministry of Jesus reached these halls of government. The impact of the message reached everywhere. He became disturbed and was speculating, who is this? I pray that the message you and I preach today, the truth, the correct gospel, the power of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, will reach the corridors of power so that people would decide whether they want to give their life to Jesus or not. Because there are some who are so comfortable in their sins because they are not hearing the correct word. They are not being touched by the Spirit of God. The disciples did exactly what the Lord had commissioned them to do. They did not fail. And because of that, God powered his word and he reached everywhere. Today, you and I who are believers in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, would you join me to pray a prayer that said, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I have been saved by you. Lord, kindle in me the power and authority that you have left for me. And let me go out there and in obeying you, reach out to people with the signs, the wonders, the ministry that you've given me. And let your word turn hearts around till they come to worship you as a king of kings and as a lord of lords. If you pray this prayer, I can tell you that the Lord heard you. And if you go out there in obedience to his word, you reap the fruits of your obedience. But let me also say, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, 
He has sent people to you, including this radio broadcast. You may have heard people coming to you and talking to you about the gospel. Are you willing to receive him so that the kingdom of God can become a personal reality in your life as well? If that is your desire, would you also pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Turn my life around. Walk with me. Take my hand that I'll be your disciple, living for you. I'll leave the world behind and follow you and do what you have called me to do. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me as I do my Lord's work until it comes for me soon. Thank you for hearing me. Amen. Beloved, today we talked about Jesus sending out the 12 with a clear message. And I'm asking you and I to see ourselves as a modern day disciples, provided we follow him are willing to do his will. The harvest is still plentiful and the laborers are few. For anyone who wants to follow him, his power is available for you. Trust him, thank him, and live for him now and forevermore. Amen. This has been the radio broadcast by Calvary Baptist Church with Reverend Dr. Fred Digby, our senior pastor. We hope this message blessed you. Be sure to join us, God willing, next week, the same time and station. We are in Adabraka, opposite Mr. Big's restaurant, near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. Also in Shiashi, across the motorway from the Accra Mall and Botiano. Call us on 0243-690-485 or 0302-231-854. Contact us on WhatsApp that 0200-181-680. Visit us online at www.calvarybaptistgh.org. Write to us, Calvary Baptist Ghana at yahoo.com. <laughs>